Welcome everyone to the Queensbury Chronicles. Join us as we delve into the latest trends, share our experiences and provide actionable advice to help you thrive in the business world. On the show, we'll be interviewing successful business owners, sharing valuable knowledge from our team of experts and giving you exclusive access to all things Queensbury. So, tune in and embark on a journey of discovery with Queensbury as your trusted companion. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Queensbury Chronicles podcast. My name is Dan Naylor and I'm going to be interviewing one of the bosses today, Mr. Richard Naylor. How are you? I'm very well, Dan. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. It's good to, um, good to be back talking again. Um, now, we talked about this podcast is going to have help a range of people and one of the main ones being people who are trying to set up their own businesses and, and new entrepreneurs. And I think today it's good. we're going to have a little conversation, an informal chat around you know, how Queensbury started, um, the sort of the do's and don'ts that you would give to people starting their new, uh, their new business and then just the insights into the business as well. So that being said, I'm, I'm interested to know, let's talk before Queensbury. How did your career start? Where did you begin your career? Um, so, yeah, well, I left university a very, very long time ago. Um, and I was sort of sold about how much you'd earn after you leaving uni and, and all of those sorts of jobs. Um, but when I left uni, um, jobs were hard to come by. This was 1992. And um, I basically found a job uh, in a, a hosiery factory. And um, I had just one of the most basic jobs out there. But what it taught me was, you know, how to treat people, how to talk to people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it gave me some really good insights as to how um, how the world worked. So um, from there, I managed to sort of work myself into their accounts department. I drove their van for a bit, had all sorts of sort of varied roles and varied jobs. Um, but slowly, my sort of career started to, to morph into sort of accounting and, and business and I, I studied in my own time to be an accountant um, and then I've been really fortunate uh, the jobs that I have done seem to progress really quickly so I went from being an accounts person to uh, account supervisor then I managed to get myself a, a role as a financial controller uh, progressed to finance director and chief exec really quite quickly so I, I've been really fortunate in terms of how I, how I progressed I suppose um, had some really great jobs. I worked abroad for um, best part of seven years. Uh, I was in the Cayman Islands, um, and um, I've had some, you know, some great roles working for accountants and then for law firms. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of where I was before Queensbury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting because then, how did you manage to go from that to all of a sudden you set up Queensbury with Sarah, you've got a really successful business going with loads of different avenues and adventures that you two have gone on. What what was it that made you think, do you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a go. I'm gonna retry this. I guess it's you get to a point where you're in a job or you're doing something and um you're just looking for opportunities or looking for things to do differently. So I was working in a, an immigration law firm. Um and the, the job was okay. It wasn't particularly taxing. I could do it quite quickly and I needed things to do. And um, talking to the owner at that time and he sort of suggested I come into client meetings and see if I could help clients to do business plans or, or things like that. And I did that and I suddenly thought, actually, there's a job here. Mm. There's something that you could do, particularly with 
um, people coming from overseas. And when they come from overseas, they don't know very much mm-hmm. about how things work in the UK. They're usually very you know, astute business people, but being here is very different. So I, I looked at it and thought, actually, you know, you could make something out of this. And I, I left. I left where I was and set this up. And it was a big deal. You know, all of a sudden you've gone from having a, a guaranteed monthly wage to, mm-hmm. you know, crikey, I've got to try and mm-hmm. um, get the money from somewhere. And you start to just piece things together. So I was doing business plans and then I started setting companies up. I did their accounts and I did their strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting because I think, especially for people starting out, finding your niche is quite difficult. And I think sometimes people go down multiple different avenues and they try loads of different ideas until they find that niche. I view that's quite interesting because you almost like found it through working, doing doing your normal day-to-day job. I guess that's true. I mean, you know, my normal day-to-day job was, well, it was what it was. Um, but there was very little challenge in it. I could do it. Um, and then just getting the opportunity just to do something different, just to talk to you know, people who were doing their visas or, or whatever it was. And then you, you, you just start to expand on it. You think, mm-hmm. actually, well, we could do this. And, and your experience from the years that you have been doing a job, sort of, uh, as in my case, mm-hmm. you start to then plan and you start to go, okay, so if you come into the UK, how does that work? Let's bring you in. Let's write your business plan. Let's see if we can implement it. And people then trust you. People mm-hmm. start talking to you and, and they... They ask you for different things. Can you do this? Can you do that? And then that Queensbury was really born from from that idea, in you know trying to help people with a variety of different um, problems that they needed solutions for. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's where it expanded to where it is today. So what what was it that made people trust your business? Because that's an important part of it, isn't it? When you when you first start up, people see you and you might get good recommendations, good word of mouth, but ultimately people are trusting you with, with their business and, and their money. So what is it about Queensbury that can make clients go, do you know what? I can trust them. I want to work with them. I guess you don't necessarily set out to do that. You, you don't go and say, right, this is, this is it. This is how I'm going to do it. It's the way that you build up the relationships with your client. And I've always been one where you're trying to help the client. You're not trying to get as much profit as you can out of everybody. If you get it right, then you get the, rewards you get um the fee income which is you know we all have to pay the mortgage we all have to do those sort of aspects but talking to clients like they are equal talking to them about their problems and and their problems and and not saying okay I, i need to sell you this item or i need to tell you you need to do this it it just doesn't work that way you you sit with them and you go okay so what are we trying to solve here what's the problem that we're trying to do and then you work with them. And uh, I never work on the principle of telling people because mm-hmm. you know I could sit here and say, you must do this, you must do that. And that isn't necessarily what is going to happen because then it was always my idea, not theirs. Mm-hmm. It has to be their idea. And you can tease that out of them. You can get them to that point where they're more invested in what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I suppose on that, the big question that I have is, with obviously lockdown and the rise of technology and TikTok being a, a big one, it's very easy for you know new business startups, they can just go on one of these social media sites and search up how do I start my business and all of a sudden you've got you know hundreds and millions of videos coming up showing you how 
you know, giving you advice and stuff. What is it that sets you apart from just going on the internet and finding out, well, this is how I do this and this is how I do this? I guess with the internet is, it's kind of difficult because there's some good people out there and there's some bad advice, mm -hmm. like everything. It's, it's not regulated, it's not necessarily um, um, controlled in any way. So you just got to be careful. As I say, there are some really great people out on, on social media who have some really great advice, but equally there are some people who just kind of making it up as they go along. Mm -hmm. I think what you get with us is that we listen to you. Mm -hmm. You know, we really are invested in what you're trying to do. And from that, a conversation, you know, we don't charge people for initial conversations. So having that chat and, and seeing if you can build up some rapport or relationship with people, and then that makes it a lot easier. I mean, something that we've always been able to do is our clients generally do like how we work we mm. are a little bit more casual um, we don't have super high fees mm -hmm. and hopefully clients can see that they get value for money mm -hmm. uh, but there's also a lot of add-ons that they get with us mm -hmm. um, you know we don't just do the law we mm -hmm. don't just do the strategy we can combine everything mm -hmm. um, when a client comes and talks to one of us if they have a question about some other aspect of business generally there's another person sat outside waiting to, to come and talk to them about it. So we don't, never send them off to go find a lawyer and then come back to us. Mm -hmm. We just say, hey, let's talk to Pav. She'll have the answers to this. Mm -hmm. And what's the, what's the most interesting part of the job? Because I think for me, I would love to sit down and hear everybody's, like, I don't mean this, but, but crazy ideas. Do you know what I mean? Because that's, they're the best ideas, I think, sometimes as well. And I would love to sit down and, and be able to listen to an idea and go, do you know what, that that could work. So what's the most like interesting part of the, the, the business and the job for you? I think with what I do particularly, and maybe what Queensbury does as a whole, is the sheer variety of, of, of the people that come and, and, as you say, their ideas. I think quite goes to say crazy ideas. There are some ideas that are um, more lends themselves to, to implementation. Mm -hmm. So there are some that you think, actually, we could and then there are some where you, it's a lot harder. You think, actually, it's a great idea. I'm sure you would make money out of this. Mm. But how you, you turn that into an actual um, growing business can be more of a challenge. Mm. And then you have to take, you know, you don't want to give uh, clients false promises. You don't say, yeah, of we course. can do this. Mm. If we feel it's really difficult to get that launched or it's going to take up too much money or too much time, then we will tell the client. And then it's up to them if, if they, they feel that they want to go with it. But, you know, we talk to people and it's the best thing. Every day we get new inquiries from people with just the most amazing ideas. Mm. And they are just, you sit there and think, how did you think that up? And, you know, and then for us, it's, you're not doing the same thing every day. So you, yeah, okay, we might be doing some strategy, some projects, legal work, but the, every company is different. Every company has its own um, things that they need to solve or their quirkiness and that makes it really really good for us mm -hmm. because you know it's like having a whole different thing to do every time we talk to a client mm. and then I suppose the next thing I want to ask is a, a big part of a, a growing business so once you're established you're growing is bringing other people on board potentially yeah. what advice would you give to people business owners who are looking to bring people into the into the business because you know, I look at I look at you as a Queensbury. You're quite a tight knit group. You've got a smallish team, I would say. 
but you all seem like a, a family and I think that's really important. So what advice would you give to people looking to bring people in? When you bring people into businesses, and we've had this before, is you've got to make sure that they fit, mm -hmm. whether that's um, the dynamic of the business or what you as business owners want to achieve. So it can be very disrupting to have people in the business. They, they might be really good at what they do, but if they don't quite gel with the team, then that can cause sort of um, problems that you don't necessarily need. But it's a big decision. You bring anybody into a business, whether it's employees or partners or fellow directors or whatever, you've got to get it right. Mm. Um, and certainly the due diligence, the, you know, the making sure that that person is not only going to be professionally what you need, but also you know, um, a good fit for the atmosphere in, in the office. Mm. But it should never detract you from doing it. No, of course but, not. You know, you just got to be careful. Mm -hmm. I suppose it's golden, isn't it, when you get the right people around you who are all like-minded and all want the business to, to thrive and succeed. It just it just takes off from there, doesn't it? I think we find definitely that the team around us are all committed to what we're trying to do. They're bought into the process. We share a lot about our ambitions, our, um, our goals for the company, so people know why we do things and what, and what we do. And I feel from, from having that slightly more open feel then when we do make decisions the team know why we're doing it and they know what's next on the list and um, they can buy into it mm. and certainly that's how what i hope is um, what we get but the team the queensbury team is really good mm -hmm. yeah mm. i want to speak to you now as the boss so to speak or one of the bosses um and i think it's interesting i want to dive a little bit deeper here and look at you must have made a lot of mistakes you must have had a lot of successes but made a lot of mistakes as well in, in the business throughout the years what how would you bounce back from a mistake because it must be quite disheartening like for example let's say you go about a project and you think it's going to work really well and maybe it doesn't perform as well as you think it's going to be how would you bounce back and what advice would you give to people in that situation when when you're running a business whether that's as an owner or as a, like a director or even a manager or anything you're going to make mistakes it's, it's just natural. Things will work, things will work. Um, and there's a couple of ways that you can deal with that. You can take it all personally. You can feel that, you know, there's this huge mistake and, and what's going to happen. And, you know, there are those types of mistakes. But generally, most times you can come back from it. Mm -hmm. You know, you live and you learn. And with, with mistakes, with, with everything that you do, you've just got to treat it as, you know, some sort of learning experience. Um, why did it happen? What what went wrong? What can we not do in the future? We still make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We still do things that don't work. Um, luckily, you know, they are few and far between now in terms of. But we did when we first started. You know, we wasted money on things we thought we needed, mm -hmm. and um, you learn from that. You go, actually, don't need that. And one of the problems that you have, or certainly the things that we see, is when people set up businesses when they first start. There's this idea that you have to get everything in place to start with. Mm. You have to have an office and all of the things and, and staff and goodness knows what else and then open your doors. Mm -hmm. And most of the time that burns through your money. Mm -hmm. And what you're not doing is you're not actually starting to build a pipeline of work. And the way that you get over that is to do it gently. You know, mm. there's a lot of people out there on their own working and they'll build up slowly. And that's kind of what we did here. We only added people in when we needed them. Mm -hmm. We didn't go out there and say, um, we need, you know, we've got to have um, this, we've got to have that, we need a salesperson and, and, 
or whatever. It was, let's do it. It's hard work. So Sarah and I put in a load of hard work to try and get us going. And then when we needed people, so then we thought, okay, we'll need a lawyer. So we went and found Pat and brought her in. And what that did was it allowed us to grow with how our revenue was growing rather than commit too much and then start to struggle. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, do you think it's important to celebrate success? Because I, I speak to a lot of people who, you know, when when they make a big deal or um, a project goes really well, it's sort of like, oh, well done, let's all get back to work. But I always think it's important to celebrate success. Would you agree? Uh, yes, although um, we are terrible at celebrating success. We go through some amazing things. You know, we, we pull off deals, we um, help clients, and yet we don't sort of celebrate it. Um, and then, so you feel a little bit like you're letting the team down because, you know, they put the hard work in. But part of it is you say, right, great, that was good. We finished that. We move straight on to the next thing without pausing and going, actually, let's just have a think about what we've done there. We, we've really, you know, done a great piece of work or we've set up in a different country or, you know, some really great thing that's happened to us. And, yeah, we're, we're particularly bad at not actually going, yeah, great, this is really good. Let's have a breather. But have you had a moment yourself because you know, the business is always successful and you took that risk those years ago to come out of, like you say, a job where you're guaranteed a salary every single month and you could pay the mortgage. Have you had a moment where you've sat back and gone, do you know what, I'm quite proud of myself. I'm quite proud of what I've achieved. I do. I think those are more sort of private moments. Mm-hmm. So um, during the day, mainly it's, it's quite busy. So you're, you're working with clients, you're working how the business is going to go forward, what you're going to do next, you know, what's the next scheme that we're going to try and do. And I think sometimes when you, you know, maybe sat at home watching telly and you're, you're on the sofa and you suddenly dawn on you that, you know, like we have offices all over the world now. And part of you think that's crazy, you know, it can't be true. And then you actually look at it and you go, well, yeah, we've got a China office, Dubai, we've got one in Spain, we've got, you know, a few offices in the UK. And you think, well, in you know the eight years of how Queensbury's been around, that's what we've achieved, and you know that's what all of us have achieved. We've all contributed to that, and sometimes you you do sit back and you go, great, that that is good, but <laughs> sort of sadly, then you go, oh crikey, I need to phone that client, or I need to do this, and it, it moves on to the next thing you need to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as a boss, you've got to be good at making sometimes tough decisions as well? Is that an important part of your job? It's the... Yeah, it is. I mean, being the boss or or whatever, Sarah and I have to make tough decisions, whether that's on um, things that happen to, to, you know, people around us or whether that's on whether we're going to do something, you know, set up, close somewhere or or whatever it's going to be. But you have to make those decisions. You know, you can't put them off because if you put them off then they just become more of a problem and luckily you know we talked earlier on about how you set a business up what you do people all of that if you try and moderate it and get it right to start with those tougher decisions become less and less Mm -hmm. for example staff is is an interesting one if you hire too many people then sadly you've got to do something with them Um, so managing that process is a lot easier because then you don't have to make those bigger decisions Mm -hmm. And who would you say has inspired you on your journey then? Like, like I say, we're diving really deep into the, uh, into the life of Richard here. <laughs> Who's inspired you in your, in your journey so far? 
I knew this question was coming. Um, I guess, you know, I'm not really into celebs and all of that sort of thing. Um, I get more inspired by what I see in just ordinary people. Uh, it sounds a bit strange, but I've worked with some really great people. Um, and you take a little bit of what they do and you sort of think, okay, let me see if I can emulate that. See if I can build that into my either working life or personal life. And that is where I get my inspiration from. It certainly is just taking bits of, I don't know, just how people work, people I've seen, people I've worked with, um, and thinking that really is good, that really worked. Look how it impacted the team or what happened. And you think, okay, let me see if I can incorporate that. And I think that's definitely where I get my inspiration from. You're constantly learning. Mm-hmm. You know, I meet people all the time, people who are a lot younger than me. And you think, actually, that's a really good idea. I like how you did that. And, and let's see if, you know, you can use that in your own sort of development. Mm. I'm interested to know, do you think it's important that your your employees see you more as a, a colleague or see you as the boss and know that you are the boss? Because I think there's, there's been a real shift, especially over the last 10 years or so, from you know becoming more of a community in business, in work environments, I feel. Um, and do you feel like it's important that you're... That your employees feel you're part of the group or is it important that they know that not that you and Sarah are the boss and it's important that they respect that? Mm. Interesting in terms of, yeah, I get the, the fact that, you know, with social media, with um, a lot of the, the way the world is working, then, you know, the people want to be included. People want to feel that they're part of something. And I, I think that's absolutely great. We have a quite a flat structure here. We don't have lots of change in management. Um, the team have access to us, the partners, all the time. And there are two sort of big things for me. One is, yeah, you have to be the boss because you have to make those decisions. And, and you know, you can't avoid the fact that um, that's who you are. But more importantly is that you need to collaborate with your team. You have to be seen as part of the team. Mm-hmm. You can't be aloof. You can't be sat in an office. And that's why we're open plan. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you want to see what the team's going through. And that's not, you know, checking up on them. You're actually seeing what they're doing, how they're dealing with people and whether you can help them. And I think when your team sees you doing that, so, you know, yeah, you have meetings behind closed doors occasionally, but a lot of the time you're talking to clients in the office. You're talking to them in the open areas, on the phone. And people can, can see that and see that you're part of... Um, part of what they're doing as well and not like oh here's the boss he's walked in gone straight into his office shut the door and you don't see him until five o'clock you're actually living and breathing what the other team members are doing and also they get a good appreciation of the fact that you're working hard as well yeah of course and that's interesting do you think that helps productivity as well if because you know you're having meetings out in in the office and and with everybody do you think it's interesting people are now the, the sort of structure is so transparent. Everyone knows what's going on in the business. Obviously, bar like, like you said, private stuff behind the scenes, but everybody sort of knows what's going on because you're out there having the meetings in front of them. I think, I mean, personally, for me, um, I like to tell people around me kind of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps them bring into the bigger idea of where we're going. If you get the team right, which I think we have, then they all become committed. 
mm-hmm. to it. But, you know, I think sharing a lot of information about what sort of our aspirations as a firm are or how we work or what we do, I would hope, and I, I don't think I've seen anything to, to contradict this, but I, I think it does help people to come along on that journey and be part of, of what we're doing. There's no point in me sitting in an office saying, right, I'm going to set up in Ghana and not tell anybody about it and what services we're going to do. Why not tell them, this is what we're thinking, this is what we're going to do, this is um, how we're going to do it. Because, you know, I, I'm glad I've been successful, but, you know, it's not purely and simply just down to me. That's the people around me. And that's all levels. You know, that's not just, you know, what you might call senior people. There's Everybody has an input and everybody can help with that process. And that's truly valuable. What's the most rewarding thing for you as a boss? Because I'm interested now, because a lot of it is, it can sort of seem as doom and gloom. You've got a lot of responsibilities and you have to bring in staff. You have to come up with ideas and stuff. But what's the most rewarding thing for you? Is there anything that makes you go, do you know what? I feel, I feel really good about myself because of this. Um, that was relatively easy because, um, you know, I've, I've been in work for whatever, 30 years. And I love coming to work. I do. I love being in the office. Um, I enjoy what I do. Um, but what I really, really like is turning up in the morning and um, the team sort of arriving. And you have that, you know, half hour chat in the morning about mm-hmm. what's happened. Um, and that's really great for me. I, I really love the fact that um, we are quite a close team and we talk about a lot of things. We have great fun in the office. Um, you know, there are characters who make you laugh and circumstances that are uh, really just make it a great place to work. And I'm proud to hopefully have had a, a big part in, in setting that up and coming every day to a job that you really, really enjoy is a huge thing. So I'm really, really proud of that. You know, secondary where Queensbury's got to in the, you know, the eight years um, since I started and the five years since Sarah joined me to to drive this forward. Mm -hmm. Um, It's amazing. I wouldn't have thought back then in, you know, 2015 that we would have offices all over the world and be a full UK law firm and do projects for um, big public sector organizations it's it's just amazing and and you know hopefully sarah feels the same it's just very proud to have that of course of course let's imagine 18 year old richard is sat next to you think back all those years what advice would you give him now looking obviously you've got queensbury and you've been through all those those struggles and those highs and the lows what advice would you give 18 year old richard See, that's a difficult one, really, because, like, I'm, I'm sat here because of however many years since I was 18 and everything that I've done. And everything that has happened to me, good, bad, or indifferent, has shaped who I am now. Now, if I go back to, you know, 18-year-old Richard and say, you should really do this because now that I'm 50-odd, I've learned that this is a really important thing. Would that mean that I'm not here in the same sense exactly. that I have now? I mean, I have made mistakes. I've done things that, you know, I guess everybody's not necessarily proud of or could feel that they could do better. But 
everything makes you learn and everything is guiding you to where you are now. So I would probably just say, just go for it. Go for, you know, everything that, um, that you want to do because that's how it was. That's interesting. That's really interesting. What's next for you then? Because I know, I, obviously I see you most days. I see you in the office and you're all really, really busy. But what's next for Queensbury? What's the next step for you? Well, without giving sort of any secrets away, um, we're still looking at expansion. So we're looking at um, taking ourselves to the next level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that involves maybe some more offices overseas, looking at expanding there. But nothing that would be, you know, too outlandish. It's just more of what we do, just with new markets, new client bases, uh, maybe some more staff. Um, and, and looking for any and all opportunities to just you know move us forward, but without losing who we are and what we've achieved. I don't want to be super corporate. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be a big, big company. I think we get what we um, uh, what we need from being where we are at the moment. So let's just expand and do the things that we love mm-hmm. and hopefully just make it a bit more, um, yeah, just grow naturally. Thank you very much for that insight. I thought it was really, really interesting. I always like to finish off the uh, the podcast because, like, I got really into that and I find it really, really interesting. I like to just bring it back down to earth, a bit, bit more lighthearted, just to end off. And I think to keep diving into learning you as a person, because I suspect we're going to hear from you a lot more over the coming weeks. Um, so I've got a couple of questions I want to ask, and I'll put you on the spot here a little bit. Um, the first one being. Have you had any unusual client requests that have sort of made you go, hmm, I'm not really sure about that one. It could be, could be an idea, it could be a project that they've come to you and they've, they've gone, yeah, I want to do this, and you're like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, we've had a lot, which I probably can't say on the podcast. Um, there have been some really quirky things um, that you, know, you read and do make you laugh or make you feel, wow, um, but ultimately, and I guess this is really, really important. When people think up ideas, however um, outlandish or, or left field, there's actually a business there. There is actually something that you know you could make a reasonable living for. There are things where um, the subject matter is just just not something you can do much with or you know you you work on this has got to go to the home office as a business plan and they're really not going to get this at all um so i wouldn't want to embarrass anybody particularly but um there have been some great ones um and some ones that you you just think it's a brilliant idea but i'm just we we just can't do that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, of course um next one you know you've got multiple offices you know here china you know where in the world, if you could set up an office, if you could do it right now, where would you want to put it? Would it be a beach resort somewhere like the Maldives? Would you have Queensbury in the Maldives? Or would it be like somewhere in Thailand where they're surrounded by nature? I'm interested. Where would you like to drop a Queensbury office? Oh, well, do you know, there are so many. I think really that um, right now, uh, having lived in the Caribbean for the best part of seven years with... Um, working in the Cayman Islands, um, I think it would have to be out there. Really? Yeah. Really? How comes? I just really liked it. I thought, you know, 
working somewhere really nice and hot and, and things was, um, um, yeah, it was great. It was great. But there's so many other places as well. But um, yeah, watch this space. <laughs> we'll see Queen be back in Cayman hopefully soon. <laughs> um, okay, last one I'm going to give you is, going back to you as, as the boss, are there any talents that you have or you feel that people need in order to be successful in the job? Now, I'm not just talking about being good at managing and stuff. I want to, I want to know the, the deep, dark secrets, so to speak, the talents that you've got. Oh, man. Um, I, I don't know how to answer that one, Dan. I, I really don't. I mean, to, getting it from a, like a, you know, from a, a serious-ish point of view, you've just got to be able to have fun. You've, you've got to be able to get on with your, your co-workers. You've got to be able to, to drag out something that gets you enthusiastic about coming here. You know, I'm not going to embarrass myself about telling you the talents that I have. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, so I can't juggle. Um, I can't do that. But there are lots of things that, um, you know, you can do. I, you know, I suspect I've got some hidden talents that people don't know about. I play the guitar, I play the piano, bits and pieces. Um, has that ever helped you in a, in, a, in a business environment? Have you ever needed your piano or guitar skills? Sadly, no. I've never no. actually thought, right, this is what I need. I need to, you know, um, suddenly play the guitar or ride a horse or whatever. But maybe one you day. Know. You never know. But you never know you indeed. Never know. You know, it'll probably happen next week now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Richard, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I think I definitely found that a really interesting chat from someone who you know, isn't, isn't a boss or doesn't own a company. It's really interesting speaking to you. So thank you so much for taking time out of, uh, out of your day. Uh, if you liked the podcast, please go and follow us on all of our social media platforms. And a big thank you to our media team for helping us put this on. Join us next time where we'll delve deeper into the life of Queensbury and life entrepreneurs. Until then, I'm Dan. Thank you very much. <laughs>